going to do a little teaching on healing tonight. Uh, but before I start, <clears throat> I was thinking about this scripture just a couple hours before we got here. And I just, you know, when I read the Bible, I read the scriptures. I try to get the scripture in me and I try to get in the scripture. I, I, you know, in every way I can, uh, spiritually, mentally, visually, like a video. I just try to get in the scripture and try to get the scripture in me, even emotionally, you know, to see these things that went on 2,000 years ago. How, how would I be emotionally? And uh, so I like to be in the spirit, in the wholeness of who I am when I read the scriptures. I want to relate to Jesus. And so I started thinking about when John the Baptist baptized him. And uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was overshadowing him. And then the Father spoke. And it's like this Father spoke into the wind of the Spirit. And, of course, everybody heard that this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. And uh, I don't know, when I thought about that today, I started thinking about why was the father well pleased with Jesus? Now, we know he hadn't sinned, but I don't think that's it. He hadn't done any great exploits yet, nothing, nothing miraculous. So why was the father pleased? I, I think it could be a bunch of reasons that, you know, he was willing to leave heaven, first of all, and to become the greatest missionary that ever lived on the planet, our forerunner. Uh, he left more than anybody else will ever leave. But I believe, and I just want to say this, because this is what the Lord showed me, that when he spoke that, he saw his son's heart, and I thought, I believe with all of my heart he saw he was pleased with Jesus because Jesus was always in the receiving mode. I'm well pleased because he's where he needs to be at this point. He told John the Baptist, you better baptize me. You understand? He, he's getting where he's supposed to be. So he, he's always here in the Father and he's always having a receiving spirit he's always in a place to receive i think that pleases the lord I, I think that's the most pleasurable place for the lord to to be to see is for us to just want to receive and believe me he knew by the spirit where he was going once he received the spirit he went into the wilderness but he was, he was ready to receive. He was ready to go. He was ready to be obedient. I think that pleases the Father. It, that's the first step in our faith is to, you know, be, to hear, of course, but then to be obedient to what we heard. And then he came out of the uh, wilderness, passed every test. I know that pleased the Father too. But the reason he, pleased, he, he passed the test because he was receiving from the Father. He knew the father's heart and what the father wanted him to do. And then he came in the synagogue that day and he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's quoting Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so I started thinking about, that's the anointing. 
So I'm thinking, I'm thinking the anointing, the power of God, the power of the presence of God on our lives. How do we get it to flow? How do we have it uh, flow through us? How do we release what's in us? Be receptive. Be pleasing to the Lord. See, he's anointed us. And his pleasure comes from His pleasure will come from us actually allowing him to flow through us. That's what he's pleased with, that he's anointed us, and now we're going to allow the spirit in us and the word in us to flow through us. That's pleasing to the Lord. What else would please the Father? Jesus was that, literally, physically. He was the living word, the word breathe, the word manifest. And so for us to release the anointing of the Spirit of God on our life, we, we just have to be pleasing to the Father. And so I'm going to take it just a couple of more steps. Y'all with me? Jesus wasn't fearful. All he wanted to do was please his Father. He was not man-centered. The fear of man was not on him. He wasn't trying to do his own thing or build his own ministry. And I'm going to tell you some of my uh, downfalls early in my ministry. It was my ministry. <laughs> and, you know, we had to get things done. Things had to be seen so men would like us. Jesus never went there. He was only trying to please the Father. He had no fear of man, none at all. Isn't that good? And he wasn't trying to build his own ministry or be seen. So if you don't have the fear of man and you're not trying to build it for yourself, that right there will cause the anointing just to flow through you in such a powerful, powerful way. And it will please the Father. He gets his way. Isn't that good? And then he said, he, the Father, anointed him to preach. So it was his anointing to do his word for mankind. So Jesus is just the real vessel, the real conduit. And that's, that, that's just who we need to be. Pastor Clayton up on the doing, does he look like he was afraid or fearful or worried or you ever notice people that are doing what God called them to do? It just looks so easy. Huh? I'll say that again. You ever watch people that God called them to do something and they just look like they're so calm and they just do it so easy. It's like nothing. Well, they're anointed to do that. That's the whole point. That's what they're anointed to do. That's why there's such a flow. And so if you ever start doing something God hadn't called you to do, it's just going to be a little rough. Y'all with me? Did that help anybody? That's why you need to find your place. You need to find your position. I mean, some people, like Dara does kids, man. I can't do kids. I'll hurt your kids. I will hurt your kids. 
but she just does it. I mean, she just, and it's like, how does she do it? Well, she's anointed to do it. That's why she does it. She's anointed to do it. That's why it's so pertinent. You find your place in the kingdom of God. And there's, there's going to be a place for here, in here that you need to flow in. And then there'll be some, maybe some power ministry that you do outside of the church. But you have to find your place. And when you get in it, it's just going to be like two coins in a Coke machine. Just a and the Coke just falls out. You'll just produce for the Lord. You'll be fruitful. People will get blessed, whatever that is. And listen, you can't get tired of what God called you to. You can't get weary in your well-doing or you'll quit doing what God called you to do and you'll quit doing it well. And so you have to get in your place. Anybody here? I'm not going to ask the question, but don't answer. But when you're in your place, you know you're in your place. You know, and if you're not, you're always frustrated. You, you know, and if you're doing something you're not supposed to do, you know, everybody's getting hurt. <laughs> I've watched people in the wrong place. I mean, they're hurting people. Stop it. Get out of that. But sometimes you have to step in that place or that position and just start because you're going to be as a child doing it at first. I know Pastor Clayton wasn't a great teacher the first day he started teaching. He's practiced. You know, Jen, she started out doing praise and worship, you know. And now she does a great job. I'm not saying you didn't do a great job before, but the more you practice, the more you get familiar with the anointing on your life and how to release it and how to flow in it, you become so much more uh, fruitful and so much more productive. Come on, somebody. Are y'all getting anything out of there? You got to find your place. If you're not in your place, you don't have the anointing that God wants you to have because that anointing, the Bible says, Jesus said he anointed me to preach and he sent me to heal. So the anointing's is to do something for God. And it's a supernatural work. It creates a miraculous thing. It's something that man can't manufacture or produce in the just human form. It's of God. Amen. All right. Well, let's, we're going to teach a few minutes on healing. Y'all grab me that glass case over there. That glass case. That glass case. That glass case. <laughs> Y'all ever watch Grace Thompson do praise and worship? Sing? She's anointed to sing. I noticed, Clayton, I hate to pick on you tonight, but I just like you. When uh, Miss Veal was singing that song, I noticed you pulled right up to her, find the, you found the key, and you just figured out the chords. I don't think I have anybody else on the piano that can do that here. Uh, just just by ear. I remember we were at a uh, a prayer rally, and uh, Jr. was there, and Grace sang four patriotic patriotic 
melodies. She did a medley. A medley. Yeah. And uh, she just started singing. And he just, and I know it was a flat key. And he just came in because when he's played, I knew it was. I saw his fingers. He just came and found that off key. And she was going all over the place on every different song. And he was just right there with her. And he, you know what? He never perspired. He never, it, 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 ne it was ne never hard. It was never a difficult moment. And you know, when somebody pulls up to me when I'm trying to sing, the first thing I'm thinking, they're going to hit a wrong note. And it's going to throw me off. But grace never got thrown off either. And so I'm telling you, you have got to get in the place where your anointing is. Now, as a wife, you have an anointing to be a wife. Your husband has an anointing to be a husband. You, you have an anointing to be a businessman. You have an anointing to do something. So you have to get in that place. That, that's what you were called to do. And of course, you know, you can transition from places and you can grow up in areas and mature, like, you know, being a pastor, being an apostle, being a prophet. You grow in these things, but you call to it. I thought I'd just talk a little while. Anybody get anything out of that? Yes. And whatever you're doing, like raising kids, there's an anointing for that. You do it in your own strength, you'll hurt those little boys. <laughs> You need, a, you need an anointing to live with your wife. Or you're not going to treat her the way she needs to be treated. You need, you need the anointing of God. You need the wisdom of God. You need God working with you. Amen. How you doing, Matthew? Don't jump the gun. Yeah. But the Spirit will lead you. See, the Spirit of God will show you what you need to be doing. We need you guys in this church. Find your place. There's, there's too many people trying to fill areas of need that they're not called to because somebody else is called to it, but they're loyal and they're faithful and they know we have needs, so they just step in. And that will happen a lot. And we thank God for that. And they will serve. We have some people here that, oh my God, they will serve. So, any questions about the anointing? You flowing in the anointing on your life will please the Father. That anointing is of the Father. It will be done through the Son, but you'll have to be in the Spirit. And everything will get accomplished what needs to be accomplished. Amen. We're on page 71. What you got? Immersed. immersed. Yeah. And when you're completely covered with water, what comes after is baptism of fire. So uh -huh. if we're talking about healing, let let the word just just let it get in. Let it baptize you. Be baptized with the word because after that will come the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. The work that will, will actually come on. do. Yeah. And so uh, God is pleased when you 
immersed. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. That I went eat at Circa. Y'all know where Circa is? They have the best muffaladas. Y'all know what a muffalata is? Anyway, and they, you know, and he, this guy, I know the cook, and I tell him to baptize those buns in olive oil. I mean, grill it in olive oil. <laughs> and I, he, knew, he knew, I said, baptize it. He knew, I said, turn it over and turn it over and baptize. He knew exactly what I was talking about. And, you know, he put it on the fire. And when it came out and you bite into that thing, it just runs down your mouth. Oh, my God. It is so, that's one of the best muffaladas in Baton Rouge. Baptize it. You need to be baptized in love so you can love your wife right. So I can love my wife right. You need to be baptized in the wisdom and the word of God if you're going to run a business in these days. Come on. She could have been baptized. So, see, none of this makes any sense to the carnal mind. Now, listen what he said. It makes no sense to the carnal mind. The more you baptize in water, eventually you'll get to fire. Now, that... That'll throw a scientist off, right? That'll throw a good engineer off right there. The more you baptized in the water, that's the word. Washing by the water of the word. The more you inundate yourself, the more you cover yourself, the more you eat of the scroll, the more you eat of the bread of life, the more you do that, you catch on fire. Now, if you know, if you listen to me in the natural, makes no sense. Can't connect water with fire. It don't mix. <laughs> yeah. And you need the spirit while you're being baptized in the water. Because, you know, this ain't going to make no sense either. Watch this. You know, if it's all word, we say in water, it's dry. If it's, if it's all word, no spirit, and no life. And so, but if it's all spirit and no word, it's flaky and fruity. And there's no foundations, you know, there's no stability that make, it's just goofy. And so we said it Sunday, I think it was, uh, too much word, you dry up. Too much spirit, you blow up. But a good combination and a balance of word and spirit, you grow up. And while you're growing up, you need to pay up, give. <laughs> and then you'll go up when Jesus comes back. Ketchup, yeah. I meant to say that Sunday, the whole thing about ketchup. I don't know if y'all got it. But it actually was an anointing here so you could run the race that's set before you. And if you felt a little behind the Spirit of God will catch you up. It accelerates you. The Bible says if you wait on the Lord, he'll, you'll renew your strength and you'll run. That's acceleration. You'll run. 
acceleration. You'll go forward faster, but you got to stop before you can run. See, that makes no sense either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to stop to run. And if you stop to run, then you're going to run and not faint. And then you're going to walk. If you meet with the Lord, you're going to start walking with him in fellowship in everything that you do. And once you do that, you're with him. And then you'll get caught up like Enoch and you'll mount up with wings as an eagle. And now you're at an altitude and you're seeing beyond a way you've ever seen before. And so we all need to rise up. Well, how do you get up? You stop. How do you fly higher? You wait on the Lord. Just like waiting in an airport. You got to wait. Danielle and Jeremy are in the airport right now. Eleven hour wait before they can mount up with wings. And so sometimes we just need to wait on the Lord before we can mount up and really soar. Y'all, y'all really? <laughs> what we need, we need to connect the dots. I've said this before, but I'm telling you, everything the Lord reveals to you, tell to somebody in the church. Tell it to a brother and sister. It's all going to connect with all of us. Testimonies, what God is doing, what God is doing, how he's growing you up. You know, what's happening on the streets. The prophetic word that you got, that you spoke, Tell somebody how it worked, the revelations you're getting, what you learned, what you were taught, what the Spirit told you. Please share it with the body of Christ. Everybody has a, a him, a her, a song. You know, everybody's got something to give to the church. Be a giver. Be a giver. Give of yourself. Give of your time. Give of your talent. Give your tongue. Give your heart. Give your temple. Give your treasure. Give your tithe. Don't give your teeth. Keep your teeth. <laughs> and let's just go. Shut up, I said, about da da. Shemanako Soto. I'm on page 71. And listen, please tell everybody in church they can come on Wednesday night. Uh, every time we start Bible school, people just quit coming on Wednesday night. Well, I don't have a book. We're going to have it up on the screen. You don't need a book. If you want a book, I'll give you a book. If you got to have a book for $475. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? Susan said, we don't have anything to eat. And I, I, I don't have any money to buy groceries. You know what? We need to put ourselves in that place every now and then. You just, you just don't, you just gave it all away. Listen, if you don't want to give, okay, I'm going to tell you. I'll get to my house. They got like five quarts of milk on the back door. No, I don't need any milk. No, we don't need any milk. No, I'm going to keep eating bread and butter the next week. If, 
if you don't want to give, I'm going to tell you how not to give. Don't bring money to church and don't bring your checkbook. Just don't bring it because God's going to deal with you. It's be, it would just, you know, just leave it home. It's the only way. Huh? And listen, we need to fulfill that scripture when somebody doesn't bring any money. Be a lender and not a borrower. Hey, Jason, you didn't bring your wallet? You want me to lend you some money to give? <laughs> then you become a lender, not a borrower. Huh? Text it, do. How does that work? Do it. Try <laughs> See how it works. See it. See if a one with three zeros work. I don't know. It might not. It <laughs> Put the sign up there. Sue, I'm having fun. Pastor Clayton said to get unraveled. That's what I'm trying to do. This is unraveling. If I would take this out like that, I'd throw these papers all over the place. That's, that's unraveling. That means don't do the normal thing. I'm trying. She got a mother. What is tithe dot L-Y? Tithely. What's that? We got to leave your phone. They're not going to leave their phones. I can tell you that. They're not going to leave their phone. Oh, I don't have the app. Listen, you can, get a, you can get an app for anything. You name it, there's an app. You want to be skinny, there's an app. It says press this and you'll just, boom, become skinny. There's an app for anything. <laughs> you need bread, hit it. Bread just shows up. Put 1 Peter 2.24 up there. I'm not even going to do much of this at all tonight. How about this? You better hold your ears. Brown's fried chicken. You are so... <laughs> Skinny app. A good time to fast. You know, okay, Sue, so let, let me look at the front. Let me look at your face, not the back of your head. You know, I know a couple of churches, this is how they get in the anointing. I mean, they just talk. They just, they just start talking, you know, talking about real life issues and people begin to open up. And man, when you preach the word, boom, they just receive. Man, you know the anointing is moving when somebody on the front row pulls out their phone and asks, how do you text giving? <laughs> 
and they're actually going to try it. Sue, can you do, can, can you text on credit? Huh? You can? Okay, I don't know, about, I don't know how to do that. Where are you going, Tom? Hold on. We're just flowing. In Exodus, when uh, the Israelites came out of Exodus, they came out, came out of Exodus, came out of Egypt. When God brought his people out, there was not one feeble sick, weak, tired, or diseased person among over three million people. Isn't God trying to tell us something? I think we might have 30 people here. And you know, I'm not going to ask what's going on in your body because probably there's some things going on. But this was three million. Get three million people together and everybody's okay. Everybody's okay. God was trying to make a point that we've come out of Egypt and everything that Egypt put on us, it is no longer allowed on us. Isn't that powerful? Uh, put this. <laughs> yeah, that's three different ways that we give. Put First uh, Peter 2.24. We were talking about this in school the other day. Let's put 23 up there too. Or first. It's hard to back up, huh? It's really hard to back up. Back him up, Betty. Back him up, Becky. Back him up, Becky. Back him up, Becky. Becky, back him up. Becky. Becky. Every time Becky lives in our apartment, every, you know, and the, the driveway is about here to the front door, so she doesn't drive in forward. Every time she comes in, she passes up the driveway. She backs all the way into the, the barn. So we call her back em up Becky. No, I think you like to come out fast. Okay. <laughs> Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. That's a word for us right there. Anybody ever get dissed out? Don't diss them out back. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Oh, my God. Somebody threatens us, and we threaten back. But committed himself to him who judges righteously. You know, we are judges. We should judge things in a righteous way. If people are having problems with their marriage, I'm to bring a judgment and tell them 
if they're doing it wrong. This is not right. You need to do it like this. You need to love your wife. So that's a righteous judgment. And we, we should be constantly, of course, that's in love. When things are out of, out of order, whether it's with our ch children or finances and people want help, they want counsel, so we bring a righteous judgment to them. This is the way you do it. Don't do it like this. Don't eat that. That will hurt you. So we're con that's how we should be. We should be constantly loving people with a righteous judgment. And it never comes off as harsh and sharp and hard and condescending. But it, we should always have this wisdom to have a righteous judgment. Anybody ever comes up to you that loves you and says, I don't know what to do. How would you do this? Well, you need to give them a righteous judgment that will bring them life, that they'll profit and be fruitful. Where are you going, Sue? <laughs> Sue, Sue, come here. Who is that? Sue's part of my petting zoo. Got the leopard on. That's not leopard. That's not leopard? That's polka dots. That's polka dots? Yeah. Come on, my petting zoo. <laughs> where are you going? I'm going to check on Suzette. I don't know where she is. Suzette's a big girl. Sue. Okay. You see that man right there? Mm -hmm. You see these people? Yeah. They're coordinators. That's what they do. Okay. They go and check on They're anointed to do that. Sharabasete de Manasa. I'm just having fun tonight. I'm going to stop at this scripture. <laughs> Becky, where's number 24? <laughs> this is one scripture that I, you know, we need, we, need a, we need a bag load, a heart full. We need our heart full of the word of God about healing. And, uh, but this is one scripture I've always held on to. Who himself bore or carried or took up our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now we can see in there he died for our sins, but also he also died for our sicknesses and diseases. And uh, if you see here, by whose stripes you were healed. And so that's my platform of healing. That's the first thing I go to when my body or something's not going right in my physical being. It's not that God needs to heal me, but he healed me 2,000 years ago. That's where I start. I'm not looking for a healing. I'm believing he paid for my healing, and I was healed 2,000 years ago, but I needed to manifest. That's all I'm looking for. So what I have to do is contend for my healing. I have to fight the good fight of faith for my healing. And so that's the scripture I go to as soon as something happens in my body. I don't call the doctor. I'm not looking for medicine. I'm not looking for a back rub. I'm not looking for anything first scripture I go to. I was healed 2,000 years ago and I just start thanking the Lord for what he's already done. And then if the spirit speaks to me in any other way to do something else, 
but I'm totally relying on the word that I'm already healed. I'm not thinking about medicine yet. I'm not thinking about a doctor's appointment yet. I'm not thinking about calling anybody to see what they did. I'm, I'm just relying and standing on the word of God that 2,000 years ago I was healed. And this is how I connect it, and this is how I know it works. 2,000 years ago, he died for my sin. The penalty of it, the punishment of it, and one day I'll be out of the presence of the power of sin. I'll be in heaven. And sickness is not allowed in heaven. And so my whole mind is, this is not permitted in my body, in the name of Jesus. And this is just how I start thinking. And I've stayed whole over the years, just standing on that one scripture that it's already done. And, you know, because you could get all worked up trying to get your healing. I mean, get all worked up and start wondering why it hasn't happened. Well, it happened 2,000 years ago. He paid the price. He performed on the cross correctly for our healing today. I know, I know I'm saved. And the reason I'm saved, he forgave me of my sin. I know that. I have never stumbled with that. I've never gotten weary in my mind about that. I've always been uh, solidified in my salvation. Now, everything that comes with salvation, I've had to fight for, but I never had to fight for forgiveness of sin. Never. I realized it. It was a revelation. The day he saved me, I was washed from my sin, and I never looked back. And I equate that with sickness. It's in, the same, it mo, it's in the same scripture. Just like he forgave me, he healed me. That's it. That's all I need. That's what I've been running on for like 26, 27 years. We don't do sickness. I, I think about them coming out of Egypt. I, I, I bet they came out and one guy said, oh, man, something hurting. And somebody told him, we don't do that. We just left Egypt. <laughs> and so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you understand, he, he restores our health and he heals our wounds. And uh, the best, what's better than healing is divine health. Let's walk in it. Divine, just stay healthy. What you got? Uh, uh, I think they were sick in Egypt because when you're in Egypt, <laughs> it ain't good. So everything that could go wrong went wrong in Egypt. I mean, Moses even killed a guy. He was not just, I believe, once they, put the, once they got behind that blood, then the wealth started being transferred. And then the plagues were released on the Egyptians. And uh, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read two I got to read this. This is in Exodus 15, 26. We need to be whole. You don't need to be sick in your body. And there's no condemnation. You understand? Don't, don't feel any condemnation. If you do, you won't contend and you won't fight the good fight. You just submit to it in condemnation and What's wrong with me? Or, you know, everybody gets sick and all of these excuses. But this is what the Bible says in Exodus 15. 
if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord. That means you hear the word of God. You need to hear that word that I had up there. You need to get it in your spirit. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, that means you hear it, the voice of the Lord, your God, and do. And so not only do you need to hear the word of God, but you need to do it. You need, you need to step in it. This is for me. This, this is for me. And that's why you need to give the Lord a little time before you go get medicine, make a doctor's appointment, call in the intercessors. Just give the Lord a little time. Do it. Do what you heard. Do what the scripture says and just believe God. And listen, you can quote the scriptures till you're blue in the face, but if you don't believe it in your heart, nothing going to happen. You have to believe it. You have to own it. And do what is right in his sight. And give ear to his commandment. Give ear. That means you committed to it. Yeah, you committed to that word on which I have brought on the Egyptians. I will put none. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus 23. So you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will will take sickness away from the midst of you. So they had sickness in Egypt because he took it away from them. No one shall suffer miscarriage. That's life on the inside of you. You won't lack life on the inside of you or be barren in your land. You'll be fruitful. Uh, outwardly in your surroundings. I will fulfill the number of your days. You know, I think most humans die prematurely. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same. I I believe God has our our days numbered and it's long life. And I believe we'll have strength with it. But I, I think there's something we have to do right after hearing the voice of the Lord. We have to take care of ourselves. I'm going to tell you, y'all something, then I'm going to quit. Now, I never told anybody this in church. I don't think I told you this. But one day I had a lady come up for prayer. And I'm serious. She, she weighed 550 pounds plus. <clears throat> and she needed healing in her body. And nothing in me was moving. And I'm not saying that's right but I did pray for And then the Lord showed me what he would have to do to that lady to get her whole. And all of a sudden, in a video clip of about 15 seconds, I saw just a mass of flesh and stuff just fall on the floor. It was, it was so, and then I saw her just beautiful. And he said, that's what I would have to do for her to get her healed. And believe me, he could do it. My God can do it. But you know what? He's given us wisdom. And and so we need to discipline ourselves in a lot of areas. And I even told the Lord, I thought he was going to do it. And I'm like, no, not here. I really, 
Because he showed me that's what he would have to do to heal that lady because she has a lot to do with what's going on. And so it's just like, you know, if you want God to heal, you quit smoking. You have to do what's right. You know, if, if you want God to heal you, you know, maybe you're doing some very strenuous work that, that you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you should take it easy. You know, you have to use wisdom. But God wants to heal us, but we need to work with him. And the supernatural part, you're not going to do. He's going to have to do that. Amen. Amen. I'm going to quit. Hey, Matthew, I really preach a lot better than tonight. But I had a prophetic word over me that I was just going to come unraveled. And instead of two songs, you know, maybe we could do three songs. And, you know, we have to be open. And so I'm trying. I'm trying to follow the word that was spoken. I feel refreshed tonight. I really feel refreshed tonight. I got a couple of heads bobbing. I feel refreshed tonight. I feel refreshed tonight. I really feel refreshed tonight. <laughs> you know, in the refreshing, there's strength. I feel wide awake. If I could ever preach five hours, tonight would be the night. I feel refreshed. I feel refreshed. I feel refreshed. Sheikah, I feel refreshed. I feel refreshed. Fresh anointing. Fresh oil. You've been working hard? I know how it is, man. Lord, I thank you. Strengthen my brother. Just strengthen him. Strengthen him. Strengthen him. Shaka Branda. I was just thinking. I just this thought came to me. You know, Donald and Jen confirmed this. That when they when you go through chemotherapy, what actually happens, they kill the fast growing cells. It attacks the fast-growing cells, and it kills the fast-growing cells because that's what cancer is. It's a fast-growing cell. Isn't that just like the devil, that he gets our cells to grow faster for destruction? How much more can God just put life and substance in every one of our cells in our body to make them just grow and function fully the way they need to function. I'm going to pray that tonight, that every cell, I don't know how many cells we got in our body, but it's a lot of them. <laughs> and that God would just revitalize, stimulate cells that are not working in your body, yes. cells that you need to get pregnant, yes. cells that you need yes. to get your wife pregnant. Cells that you need to grow hair. <laughs> Cells that you need, you know, to have strength during the day. Cells that you need in your back that you could be restored because something's not working right. I mean, and there's some things in our mental 
abilities functioning up here. We need some cells working that we have the capacity to remember and to retain things. Just, Lord, I thank you. Just like the enemy has this ability to cause ourselves in our body to grow in such a rapid rate that they begin to tear down our body and destroy us. I thank you, Lord. We just reverse that thing. Nobody will have cancer in their body in this church in the name of Jesus. But I just speak to the the bazillions of cells in people's bodies right now to begin to function in the name of Jesus, that your immune system would, would be right, that your body can actually heal itself. God made it like that, that your immune system could begin to take over and drive out any foreign matter, anything that's not uh, uh, planted by the Lord in your body or created by the Lord in your body. It'll just... Drive it out. I thank you, Lord, that our cells would function in a way that they would eliminate the waste in our body. It would, our cells would begin to eliminate the chemicals that's in our food, that's in our water, that's in what we drink and the things that we touch that enter our body, Lord. I thank you that our cells would begin to be like little cleansing systems, Lord. And they just begin to... Uh, cause the chemicals and the foreign matters to dissipate, dissolve, and come out of our system in the name of Jesus, that we would have everything we need in our blood system, that nobody in this church would be anemic, lacking any mineral, any nutrient, any element, that they would have everything they need in their blood flow because there is life in their blood, Lord. And I thank you that that blood would have the right viscosity, that it would run out, run through the entire body, even to the extremities, their hands and their feet and their fingers and their brain, Lord. I thank you. I thank you that this, the oxygen would be at its full content, Lord. I thank you that you begin to cause our bodies to take more oxygen out of the air and retain it in our bodies that we would function better, that we would live longer, that we'd be more healthy and our days would be many and so shall be our strength, Lord. I thank you that no pestilent disease will come upon anybody in this church at any time. Lord, we've come out of Egypt. You took us out of Egypt, and we don't want anything to do with Egypt any longer. We don't want it in our bodies. We don't want it in our minds. We don't want it in our emotions. We don't want it in any of our faculties, Lord. We don't want it in our run. We don't want it in our dance. We don't want it in our manners, our behaviors, our conduct, our speech, our conversation. We don't want any of Egypt, Lord. We don't want to be hindered, handicapped, or feeble or lame in any kind of way, Lord. I thank you, Lord. We're going to be whole as you are whole. I thank you that your son was never sick on this planet, Lord. I thank you that no disease, no sickness, no flu, no bacteria, no virus, nothing ever could touch him, Lord, because he was in complete alignment with you. 
He was in alignment with you in his spirit, in his mind, will, and emotions, and in his physical body, and in the destiny that he had to walk in. I thank you, Lord. He fully submitted, in a line, total alignment with the Father's call. And I thank you, Lord. We're no different. I thank you from this day on. Uh, we will see a change in people. Let, they'll take less medicine. They'll hurt less. Less doctor bills. Less pain pills. Everything less. Everything's going to be eliminated. In the name of Jesus, I pray for her cough right now. Lord, give us some oxygen. Put oxygen in her lungs right now. Cause her lungs to function correctly in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we were healed. And I thank you for it. In the name of the Lord. Now listen, actually Saturday I will teach on healing. And so we have some people that are bringing people Saturday. So if you know anybody with ailments, pain, they're lame, sick, handicapped, in any kind of way, please bring them. Just like you'd bring them to the doctor, bring them here Saturday. Amen. Amen. Anyway, the reason we, we, we'll be, and y'all pray for us, we're going to be in Costa Rica from the 10th to the 18th. And uh, we're bringing a pastor from RMI in Tampa. This guy's on fire. He just got out of Bible school. I'm hoping I can keep up with him. You know what he told me? He's going to be there like a month. We're going to be preaching at different churches. We're going to colleges. We're going to schools. We're going to do some evangelism, some outreaches. He said, Pastor, I'm believing for 10,000 souls. <laughs> I'm like, 10,000 souls. Well, they're the type that get on the bus, and when the bus takes off, they're sitting down. He'll stand up and just preach to the whole bus and then have an altar call before the next bus stop. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to run into some people and tell them about Jesus. 10,000? Hey, I feel like I need some fire. Okay, well, it's over. Glad to have y'all back. Charlie back? <laughs>